0: I hope this family won't bury itself.
1: Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight?
2: Soccer, rock rockin' America. America
1: doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about
2: soccer something. new rockin' America. <laughs> tactical analysis. Transfer news.
1: Unlikely.
2: I, hey, that's not what I wrote.
1: I don't really care. We're going with it now.
2: Alright! Soccer, <laughs> <in> <laughs> soccer new rockin' America. Soccer new rockin' America. Featuring Person Noob talking about soccer lots. Do, do, do. Hello and so welcome so to Soccer New Rock in America featuring do, 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 do. Person Noob.
1: Hello! Episode
2: 89. Bye. Yeah, my daughter's here as well, the real star of the show. What are we going to be doing? Bye. Checking out the best, most intriguing, shiniest games from all over the world. But as we define them, and that's not like any other podcast you're probably going to hear anywhere, we're going to hit some big leagues like MLS, for example, but we're also going to head into some lower division U.S. stuff. And then we're going to hit league and tournament matches from all over the world, countries big and small. If it's important where it's being played, like a top two match, for example, there's a pretty good chance that it is on our Radar. This week we're going to be covering matches spanning from Friday the 24th through Thursday the 30th. like to have a little chat with my P-Noob girl at the beginning of most shows these days because uh, you are the star. You are the one everybody comes for. They want to know what you're doing, what you think, what you're up to. What have you been up to over the last week or so?
1: Well, right now I'm eating a banana
2: very exciting and you're one of those you like to take the whole peel off and then eat it whereas some people just peel it down halfway
1: because because then you can take off those little stringy pieces those stringy pieces annoy me
2: They annoy me too they're sort of like the the pulp of bananas I don't I don't like pulp and I don't like the banana stringy things nevertheless I don't tend to peel my banana entirely so speaking of uh, peeled bananas, this won't make any sense. Uh, you want to tell the fine folks uh, what we were doing last night?
1: Oh yeah, we were on the Bryant and Me podcast.
2: That's right. Where? What do they like to talk about? They like to talk talk about podcasty things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, and women's sports and lots of fun stuff. But what was the part that we got to do? or specifically that you got to do?
1: Interview.
2: Yeah, interview questions are what they call uh, "ask BAM," that being the acronym for Brian and me, because they're not just any old sports podca- podcast. They are also a lifestyle brand. They're here, they're they're here to help people, and you were there to help them help people by answering their questions. Did you have any uh, favorites or anything that stuck out in your mind for any reason?
1: The guy, Franco, asked us to please rate the blow pop flavors after asking once and we didn't because I didn't know any of them.
2: That's right. So we looked them up this time and you did several of them, but there was one thing that you had wanted to add on that you forgot. Um, you ranked uh, your, I think, five or six favorite uh, blow pop flavors, but what would you like to tell Franco about um, one more flavor?
1: Oh, um, you mean the, 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 um,
2: the worst one? Oh yeah. What's the worst one?
1: Joe mama. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh, Franco. She's talking about show mama and being a, a blow pop flavor. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You were feisty last night and you are still con- uh, continuing uh, to bring the heat.
1: Dad told me to say it yesterday, but I forgot to <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, fine. credit where credit is due if credit is credit blame, who's keeping track? So anything else about last night that stood out to you, or was that uh, extra fun or was it just kind of so so because um, you're already a big part of my podcast, and now and now you've been on another podcast for the first time,
1: Mhm. The Me and Bryant and Me, his last name was um, the same last name as as the kindergarten aide at my school, and I thought that was very weird.
2: Oh, Costello? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the most uncommon name in the world, so they could be distantly related. It's hard to say. All told, did you have fun? Yeah. Was it a lot more fun or just a little bit more fun than doing our podcast?
1: But my favorite part? was
2: eating my dad ow why are you biting me this makes no sense for the show all right enough of enough of this nonsense uh by the way this is our way of saying thank you very much to brian and me for having us on their podcast of that name last night uh we really did have a lot of fun can't believe we got invited we're we're uh, still building our audience is the best way to put it whereas they are they are well established and have had many uh Uh, Fine and uh, honored guests on their show That other people know who they are Whereas we're just working our way up to that So we had a really good time Seriously, thank you very much for having us on last night Always have enjoyed your show We'll continue to do so Whether we are honored uh, privileged By getting to make another appearance sometime or not But in the meantime, let's get into our show Shall we get into the soccer?
1: Yeah, but first I have a quick announcement Oh, okay I finished my banana
2: Match number one. We start with a Friday match from Europe. Say hello to the beginning of the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League. Yes, they just had the final a couple of months ago, I suppose, for the old one. But here comes the new one. The earliest qualifying round is called the preliminary round, where the four lowest-ranked qualifying teams, champions of microstates, basically, or very small countries, have a little four-team tournament to determine which one of the four will move on to the official first qualifying round. Now, we've already had the two opening matches last week. Now... We get the preliminary round final between the two winners, which were Interclub de Escaldes out of Andorra and Vikinger Reykjavik out of, of course, Iceland. Now, despite the fact that they're listed second, this is actually a home match. Uh, For uh, Vikingur, They hosted all the matches for this And by the way, it's already been established Who's going to play who in the first qualifying round The winner of this match will get to play One of the seeded teams in the first QR Malmo out of Sweden Which will be a tough task For either of them The loser, uh, just like the two teams that lost In the first part of this preliminary round Will go to the second qualifying round Of the tertiary club tournament The Europa Champions League we will start with the Andorans first, since they are listed as the home team on paper, Interclub de Escaldes. They play out of a parish in the country called Escaldes Endorgani. It's in the south, uh, in the south central part of the country, about 15,000 people. Told you, microstate. The club was founded in 1991. It's fascinating to me that they're here because you don't have to go back very far when they spent a couple of fairly recent years in the second division in Andorra. I was surprised, quite frankly, to find out that they even had a second division. By the way, this top division, of which they were were champions this past season, the Primera Divisio, is ranked number 50 in UEFA, so pretty near the bottom. In the 2021-22 season, they beat UE Santa Coloma by three to claim their Champions League spot. Historically, they have won the league title three times, and in fact, that's the last three years. They are your defending champions three times running. Uh, Last year, they even beat a club from the Faroe Islands before uh, losing in the preliminary round final to uh, the Kosovar team, uh, Pristina. This year, to advance to the final, they defeated La Florita out of the microstate of San Marino, that's enclave within Italy, 2-1 to one in the preliminary opener. Statistically, let's look at their league play from this last year to get an idea of who they are. They had the number one offense going, scoring exactly two goals per match. They also had the best defense going. I don't think that they were the only one to do this, but they were giving up less than a goal per match. Regardless, their goal differential was a little over twice as good as anybody else in the entire league. Key player to look for in this one, if you can find it online. Uh, League number three scorer for them last year with 11 goals, Gerard Artigas from Spain. I've also been really surprised that most of the Andorran players or Andorran league players I see are from Spain and not from France, even though it borders both. And now, Vikinger Reykjavik. They play out of the Foss-Vogar district of the nation's capital. Uh, they play out of Iceland's Besta Delden, which is ranked number 52 as a league within Europe. Uh, they won the 2021 season to qualify for this event by beating Breida by just one point. It was quite a race. Uh, they've won the league title five different times, but this is the first time in a while. 30 years, in fact, exactly. They are unofficially hosting this event It's at their home ground, which seats a little bit under fifteen hundred. Uh, they've been to the Europa League and the Champions League each uh, a handful of times, but they've never gotten past basically the first qualifying round uh here it's moderately early in their twenty twenty two league season, and they are in third place. Uh, The offense has looked very good. They're uh, second best in that regard, scoring over two goals per match. The defense has been average at best, though. Maybe a chink in the arm of the Andorans uh, can take advantage of. They've been giving up over one and a half goals per match. Uh, on the scoring leaderboard, I believe with four so far in league play, key man to look for, kristal Mani Ingeson, 24-year-old attacker. Team's current form, they have won four straight matches across uh, both uh, league and this competition. with a very impressive 14-3 goal differential. This is at their place. They're from the bigger country. I believe that this is uh, the team to beat today. Match number B. We move on into the Saturday gamut and we're gonna start out on the women's side of the ball with action out of the UWS United. Women's soccer. Uh, There's only one league in the country, the NWSL, that I believe is sanctioned by the USSF. So there's not really a pyramid yet, per se, that's developed on the women's side, even in a truly unofficial capacity. But this is definitely a step down. It is a a pro am or semi pro league that was founded in 2015. Uh, The organization it's sponsored by, by the way, is the USASA, Adult Soccer Association. There are two others at the level in the country, basically, of the WPSL, Women's Premier Soccer League, and the USL W, the women's league for USL, of course. This particular league is broken up into nine divisions. By the way, these players, these are mostly uh, college kids. Uh, you might get in a very occasional highly talented uh, high school kid off of one of their uh, other uh, training or academy stores of teams. And then sometimes assistant coaches or kids that are just out of college. It's considered something that's being called, I believe, oftentimes path to pro, filling in a gap Uh, between high school and even college and uh, before people might still be ready to uh, join the fully professional game. The match that we're going to look at out of this league is from the Central Heartland Division. It is number B, KC Courage. They're playing host to number one, Wichita. There are seven clubs in this particular league and the top two will get to go on to uh, the regional slash national playoffs. Uh, They play just two more games going forward for a total of eight. It's a pretty short season the way they do it. uh, KCC, the Courage, and Wichita are right now tied on points and goal differential. I believe that the next tiebreaker, and the reason the Courage are in first, is on goals scored. And I think they might have only had an advantage of one in that regard when I scouted the match. Uh, they lead Sporting Nebraska by seven on goal differential. So on points, there's actually a three-way tie, but it's worth noting that Sporting Nebraska are at a disadvantage. Uh, the Courage and Wichita – Both have a match in hand on them. Let's talk about the Courage first. Uh, It's sometimes hard to find a lot of stuff about these lower uh, women's divisions, but I've done what I can. Uh, I don't think that they appeared in the 2019 version of this league. There doesn't appear to have been any 2020 season. That would have been due to COVID, I'm sure. Uh, I do know that this team spent seven years in the WPSL. They play. and will be hosting at Bork Field at Rockhurst University, which has a capacity about 1,500 people. Last year, uh, they were uh, they finished number three out of the just five divisions. I'm sorry, they finished in third place out of the five teams in the division at the time. This year. They have the third-best offense going, scoring over two-plus per game, so not a lot of defense going on in this particular division. They do have the number-one defense. Okay, I lied. They do play some defense. They only give up a goal every other match on average, and that's good for them being tied for number one in goal differential. They've got a top-ten scorer. Uh, She has seven goals on the season, does Courtney And uh, she is a University of Nebraska grad So she's one of the most developed ones and older ones in the league As far as the team's current form uh, They just drew against Gretna Elite Academy 0-0 To snap a three-match winning streak And by the way, worth noting, even though they're uh, not in the top three It's a little surprising because uh, Gretna is the highest scoring club In the entire division They might even have the best Uh, be tied for the best goal differential. And now Wichita. They were founded in 2017, last year, finished in fourth place out of the five clubs in this division. They're very well balanced, second-best offense and defense going. Uh, Team-leading scorer with just three, and I don't mean to minimize it, I'm sure she's very good, but apparently they spread their scoring around quite a bit, is Destiny I don't know if it's pronounced oi or hoi. The H might be silent. It might not, but we will say no more about her either way and be silent because I didn't find anything else on her. Team's current form, they are 1-1-1 in their last three, and they just had a draw at Sporting Nebraska.
1: Match number
2: three. For this one, we're going to stay in our region, if not our country, and pay a visit to the Championnat National of Martinique in the Caribbean—they are having their playoff final. Uh, according to a site that I like, Kick Algorithms, this is probably the 17th best league in all of CONCACAF, the seventh best overall in the Caribbean subregion. And considering the only rank 18 of them, you know that's not too shabby. By the way, Martinique—if you're not overly familiar—is a French overseas territory, so it is not a member of FIFA. That said, they do get to participate. In CONCACAF events And teams from this country Do get a chance to also play In uh, the qualifying rounds And if they get far enough The real deal uh, The Coupe de France The FA Cup over in France Uh, This is a league that is broken up Into two divisions of ten teams each And the top three from each of those groups Made the playoffs The number one team's got to go straight To the semifinal Your finalists They are the second best team From Group B Club Franciscane For the regular season, second best, obviously, they're uh, the best one right now. And they are playing the winner of Group A's regular season, Golden Lion, uh, Club Franciscane. We will start with them as they are playing host. They uh, play out of the city of Les Francois, which is in the arrondissement of Les Marines. It's in the east-central part of the country, a dozen or so miles from the capital of Fort de France. Got about 16,000 people. This is your historical powerhouse. 19 league titles that's tied for the most in the nation's history. And uh, 2018 19 was the last time they won it. And they've got some history on their side as well. This is a team that's used to winning a bunch. Uh, The CONCACAF Caribbean or the Caribbean Club Shield, which is the tournament that is for the amateur or semi pro teams in the Caribbean, they won that event in 2018. Uh, They've made five appearances back in the 80s and 90s in what is now considered the CONCACAF Champions League. It was structured very differently back then though, never got past the first round or two of the Caribbean stage. Uh, 2020-2021 season. They got to play in the uh, FA Cup in the Coupe de France, and they made it all the way to the round of 32, made it past what they call the overseas ties, where they're playing uh, champions or runners-up from some of the other uh, French overseas territories. And then they promptly lost to Ligue 1 side, Angers, 5-0. No surprise there. and No shame in getting your butt whooped. But you know what? They beat somebody good in 2005, 2006, because they got all the way to the round of 16. Last year in league play, they won Group A, and then they were in first place after three matches in a six-club championship round. Things were structured a little differently for them last year. But they only played three, and then there didn't seem to be anything else. So I'm assuming that it was abandoned again, probably because of COVID. This year in league play, again, they were second best in their group. They finished six points behind undefeated Club Colonial, but they got their revenge and gave Colonial their only loss of the year in the semifinals, beat them at their own place, 0-1. Uh, In the regular season, they had the best offense in in their group going, scoring over three per match, and then they only gave up one goal per match as well. They had the best goal differential, even better than Club Colonials, despite the fact that the latter was undefeated. Team's current form, uh, they've won two straight, but more importantly or impressively, they are unbeaten in 14 of their last 15 matches. And now... Golden Lion, your new and perhaps rising power. Not too much on them. They've won the league title a couple of times. 2015-16 was the more recent of those. Last year, they won Group A. Uh, they have the, this year the number one offense going by a lot in their group. There wasn't as much scoring going on. They actually scored the same number of goals as Club Francis Kane on the year, but there was no crossover between the two divisions. Uh, they only had the fourth best defense, but they – they were giving up less than a goal per match. Overall, it was good for having the number one goal differential by a factor of better than two. Team's current form, 4-2-0 in their last six, and they advanced to this by getting uh, by having to win in penalty kicks after a nil-nil draw after 120 minutes over a team I'm probably going to mispronounce called Aglon. Match, match number two. four. We remain on Saturday, but we switch confederations. We're headed off to Oceania this time, where they're talking Champions League. It's the national playoff stage there. Here's how things work for uh, the OFC. The top two teams from each of their member countries from the previous year's league will play, and it's apparently up to them whether it's a two-legged tie or just a single match. This particular one we're going to talk about is a single match. In any case... The winner moves on to the knockout stage of the Champions League, and the loser is done. We're going to take a look at two teams from Papua New Guinea. Uh, Their National Soccer League is rated number seven out of the 11 members in the OFC, at least if you follow kick algorithms. They're usually pretty good. They are choosing to just have a single-leg match, and they are going to play it at basically their national stadium, the PNG Stadium. The matchup is between last year's top two, number one, Le City, Versus number B, Hikari United. And this is the time of podcast where we take a break from learning the specifics about the teams and instead learn how we are going to get fabulously wealthy. We want to know how to gamble those, these things, make a little bit of extra quid once in a while. Here to help us with that exclusive to our show in-house prognosticator 3,500 year old Noobstradamus with usually a drug-aided or drug-addled vision which gives him a score that's usually wrong but we keep on rooting for him anyway, take it away oh mighty soothsayer
0: greetings from the merciless Thracian plains of Greece Tis I, and I am huddled up in a tent, can't have the howling winds blow my tea leaves away. I'm reading them in order to divine your soccer score this week. No lotus leaves, traveling through space and all that, not this time. No way I'm risking the vision I'd be unlucky enough to get regarding Papua New Guinea. Perhaps you have not been to Bari Island. But I have, and I'm not going back, not even in my mind. Back at the beginning of the 20th century, I was with the Missionary Student Party, led by James Chalmers and Oliver Fellows Tompkins. I was not part of their preaching, and so was spared getting killed and eaten there at Dopama Village. Their bones were hung as trophies being apart from the group and then sensing my holy aura, I was let go and went forth to Australia. Later, I went back with Aussies in the hopes of procuring their remains for burial. Conflict ensued, and went badly for the unarmed natives. As the village was razed, ten thousand burnt skulls were found in the longhouse alone. 10,000 noob. No one needs that kind of nightmare fuel. So, I turn to divination via tea leaves. Tea leaves, tea leaves. Happy little tea leaves with no human skulls and bones. I don't see them when my eyes close either. Not even a little. Uh, okay, um... Hikari United will win two to ten. That's what the leaves say. Nothing to do with the number of reverends and students being feasted upon. I may or may not see with my waking eyes in horror. I've seen, spoken, and
2: I need to go smoke some leaves after all. Match number
1: five.
2: One more Saturday match. We're going to bring it back on home to the U.S. and cast our eye on another lower division league, this time on the men's side, the NPSL, National Premier Soccer League. Uh, Basically consider this to be on the unofficial fourth tier of the unofficial American soccer pyramid. Just like the UWS we talked about earlier in the show, this is not a league that is sanctioned by the USSF. They are members of the USASA and yet are very much considered on par with USL League 2, which is uh, all but officially uh, fourth, fourth position on the American ladder. Uh, this league, there are 13 total divisions. This particular uh, match we're going to look at is out of the Midwest Rust Belt Division, which just has five clubs in it. They're about halfway through the season. We're going to look at number one, Cleveland FC, playing host to number B, Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, I can't believe there's yet another one. Hotspurs, our least favorite team from the Premier League, and now we have a club that's named after them. It makes no sense. Harry Hotspur Percy was a two-time named traitor by Kings. Why are you all naming clubs after him? It is beyond me. Anyway, okay, off my soapbox. These two are tied on points at the table right now. Uh, Cleveland have the lead by four on goal differential, and they have a match in hand. So they're very much in the driver's seat. Uh, And they lead, uh, both teams, they lead Buffalo by five. Now, uh, when these two uh, played just in their last match that either of them played, it was Pittsburgh that won at home two to one. Cleveland can make a very strong move here by defending, of course, on their home turf. And we will talk about them first. Uh, they play at a Division three athletic college called Baldwin-Wallace University in Berea, Ohio. It's essentially a suburb. It's where the big airport is for the Cleveland area. And I learned the Browns training facility is there. Didn't know that. Um, AFC Cleveland was an NPSL team from 2012 through 17, but they got kicked out for very weak finances. And thusly, uh, some people turned right around and formed this club, Cleveland FC. Now, last year, they finished number one at the conference, and they made the playoff semifinals. Uh, 2019, they made the playoff semifinals as well. So this is very much... Uh, your team to beat this day and most days in this particular division. They've got the number one offense going, scoring exactly three goals per match and a top two defense to go with it. Key player leading on goals plus assists uh, with four plus two is Admir Suljevic. I want to say he's from Bosnia-Herzegovina, but I can't remember for sure. Teams form. They won all their league matches right up until that loss at Pittsburgh that they just suffered a few days ago. And now, uh, the Hotspur of Pittsburgh uh, They were founded or started in this league I couldn't quite tell which In 2019 uh, Last year they finished in second place And then lost in the first round of the playoffs This year, second best defense in the league And, uh, or second best offense And then number one defense Giving up exactly one goal per match Team's current form They've got three straight wins going With a very nice nine and three Goal differential working for them Meow. Yeah. Yeah. I swear, those kitties, they must think there's catnip somewhere inside each of these weekly recaps we do from the matches the episode before. Now, let's crack into one and find out. Last week's match, number one, was a Saturday match from Major League Soccer. Number three in the East, Montreal, took on number four in the Western Conference, Austin FC, and it was Austin getting a nil-one win. They are still staying afloat. The, uh, essentially, expansion side in their second year, they are now up to number three in the West. Montreal slipped the match down to number five in their conference. Sunday match number B was the promotion playoff final, second leg of a home-and-away two-legged tie in Spain's Segunda division to see who is going to get the third and final promotion spot into La Liga. Number five, Tenerife took on number six, Girona. The first leg had gone nil-nil. Not so with this one. Girona came out on top big one to three. Congratulations to them on moving back up. And also to Christine and Stuani from Gerona. He had the first goal of the match on a penalty kick. Match number three was from Puerto Rico's Liga Puerto Rico top flight there. Number B, Metropolitan took on number one at the table, Academia Quintana, and the result was a Metropolitan win 4-1. But because another team that was very close, I believe, had two matches in the interim, I know that they had had a match in hand. Bayamon are now your new number one team. And actually the other two each slipped down a notch from where they were. So kind of interesting. Academia Quintana number two and Metropolitan number three. Match number four for us was from Oceania's Champions League the national playoff stage. We had Rewa and LaToka facing off our spot in the knockout stage in that Confederations Champions League out of Fiji. And the result was a big four nil win for Rewa. Congratulations to them on making the knockout stage. Monday match number 5 from Brazil's Serie A. At the time I scouted it, it was number 3, Sao Paulo, and number 1, Paul Myers. By the time it rolled around, table table's still very tight because it's a huge league over there. They were down to like ninth place. But regardless, it was still the choke. Ray, the Kings clash, a big important derby, and the result was a Palmeiras 2 1 win. The league leaders, uh, for them, Gustavo Scarpa got an assist, the South American Purple, as I like to call him. Uh, both the goals for Palmeiras, very dramatic, came late in injury time after the 90th minute. Uh, so obviously, they are still in first place, and that drops Sao Paulo down to 10th place. Tuesday, match number six from the 2022 23 UEFA Champions League. Yeah, we're already into that again. Qualifying stage, the preliminary round, first matches. We had FCI Lavadia on one side of the bracket, taking on Vikinger Reykjavík. So a really good one between Estonia and Iceland. And it was Vikinger that came on top big, one to six. So they'll move on to the preliminary league final with a chance to get to the official first qualifying round. Uh, For Lavadia, a guy whose name we had a lot of fun was Zacharias Bedwarsvili. He had the first goal of the match, believe it or not, before uh, the Icelanders uh, went on their tear. Crystal Manu ingerson who's said to look out for. He had the second and game-winning goal. Congratulations to him. Wednesday, match number seven was a quarterfinal one for the U.S. Open Cup, Sporting Kansas City. Took on League One, yeah, third-tier Union Omaha, but the Cinderella run is done. Sporting Spankham 5-0. They will get to play second division, Sacramento Republic, in the semifinal. Match number eight from the FA Cup in Canada, the Canadian Championship. A semifinal between Vancouver Whitecaps and York United of the Canadian Premier League. But it was the MLS Siders, the Whitecaps, coming out on top 2-1. to one, And they will face Toronto FC in the final. Match number 9, we dipped all the way down to essentially the 4th tier in America, USL 2. A match from the South Central Division between number 1, Asheville City, and number B, 1, Knoxville. They changed positions because 1, Knoxville, got a 1-1. Three win. They now lead the division by two. Thursday, match number 10, was part of Aruba's Division de Honor finals. We were in an interesting predicament with this one because the Thursday match would be the second of their what appears to be a best out of three, but we did not know the score of the first leg when we did the mini preview i can now tell you that dakota the rca 42 in leg one but here at the time of recording we do not know how the thursday match went for leg number two and if rca won that means that they will have a third match next week and then your bonus matches with explanations to come later when we do them again the route of the week from Lithuania's A-Liga. Number 10 in last place, Yonova took on FK Panovicius, And unsurprisingly, Panavisius, yeah, they uh, whooped him up by good and won 0-5 on the road. The most meaningless match in the world, the Tuesday match between two middlers from the Republic of Georgia's era of Nuli Liga. Number 6, Aviv took on number 5, Sabertulo. It was Sabertulo that got a win, 0-1, but but make no mistake, it's the meaningless match. There was no change in the table. They're still stuck there right in the middle. Uh, And then finally, your match of disappointment was a Saturday match, Major League Soccer with the bottom two teams from the Eastern Conference. Last place, Chicago Fire took on and played host to number 13, DC United, and it was the Fire coming out on top 1-0. But still, there was no change in the table. Now, that concludes your recap of last week's match. Now let's get back into doing the upcoming week's match previews with Match number six Time to move forward into Sunday And I think we've had enough fun with the lower league American action It is time for our feature match of the week from Major League Soccer At the time I scouted it Which I should say is the case for all these matches in all these leagues Because a few days have always elapsed Number one in the West LAFC playing host to number B in the East, New York Red Bulls. Uh, LAFC laid in the West Royale Salt Lake by two, and then in the East, the Red Bulls. They are tied with Philadelphia on points, and they both trail NY, uh, NYCFC by one point. By the way, quick reminder for newer fans of the game, given our show's name, Major League Soccer is divided into two conferences, East and West. The top seven teams from each are going to make the playoffs at the end of the year. The winners of each of the two conferences get the advantage of uh, moving straight through into the quarterfinals. They get to skip the first round. You can catch this match, by the way. 3 o'clock Eastern Time here in the U.S. on ABC or ESPN Deportes, if you prefer the Spanish-language broadcast. LAFC, a lot of folks out there certainly well, well in both major metros, come to think of it. They were founded in 2014, didn't start playing until 2018, didn't waste much time having some level of success. They won the Supporter Shield, had the most wins in all of the league in the regular season in 2019. While they've never won the league, they did go to the CONCACAF Champions League in 2020, and they were runners up. Very impressive. Last year, not so impressive Just finished in ninth place in the West No playoffs for them This year though, they're continuing to have Their hallmark great offense They're number 1 in the West in that regard Scoring exactly 2 per match But they've almost got a defense for match Which has not been the case In the last couple of years Before that, they've got a top 4 defense And that is amazing They've had to give up some of their goal scoring But not enough that they've lost their top rank In that regard, Uh, which really Really Impressive on the offensive side They don't have any players in the top 10 of the league in scoring or Assists everybody Is getting involved in All aspects of the offense now This all said the best player I think that they Have going probably right now is Jesus Murillo from Colombia He plays center back for them even Though it's a defensive position like I said everybody in on the offense One goal two assists on the air Good passer uh, Good enough dribbler Very good tackling success rate One of the higher ones I've ever seen Nearly three out of four times He is besting his man in that regard Red hot for them in late though Has been Christian Arango Also from Columbia Other end of the field Plays striker On the season Four goals One assist But he scored in each of the last two matches Team's current form Won one and one in their last three And that loss was in the U.S. Open Cup So it maybe counts Just a tiny bit less New York Red Bulls looking to try to make a strong move even after a long flight for that. This is going to be a rough one for them, I think. Uh, They won the Supporters' Shield in 2013, 15, and 18 and got all the way to the Champions League semifinal in 2015. More recently, eh, last year, they finished 7th in the East. That was good enough for the playoffs, but they got booted out in the very first round. This year... Balanced. I love teams that look like this. They've got a top-four offense and defense, and you put them together uh, for uh, they've got tied for the uh, second-best goal differential in the entire conference. On the scoring leaderboard for them with five so far is Scotsman Lewis Morgan, plays winger for them. Uh, he spent a season and change, I believe, with Inter-Miami before coming over here where he had seven goals over that period was all. So he has really uh, turned it on here now that he's hit the Big Apple. Top 10 in assists with six on the air. Omir Fernandez, American-born, attacking midfielder, just 23 years old. But I've got to tell you, I look for league leaders statistically, but then I also look for weak links. And at least of late, despite the fact that he's been starting, he has been ice cold, not getting assists, passing is a little bit down, just not getting things done. So they might have a weak link right there in the center of the field interesting position to be in, traveling on the road. I don't think it bodes well for them unless they can snap out of it. Team's current form, they have won four of their last five, as well as having won two straight. When you just want some breakfast food and your wife works at the Waffle House and has a restraining order against you. up. Uh,
1: <laughs> Match number seven.
2: We move further southward on our Sunday to Colombia to take a look at the Primera A, where they're near the Apertura or opening stage, but they have reached the final, in fact, we're going to talk about the second leg of the home and away two-legged tie between the two finalists. By the way, Colombia's top flight league is ranked number three by Keck Algorithms and Conbol, just behind, of course, the big two of Brazil and Argentina. Now, in the first stage or the regular season, all the teams play a single round robin, and then they take the top eight, break them up into two groups of four, and they play a double round robin the winner of winners of each of those two groups move on to the final and the winner of the final will get to go to the champions league group stage your matchup number b from the regular season deportes tolima playing host to number three atletico nacional as i mentioned this is the second leg the first leg uh, atletico nacional left with quite a league they won uh, Lead. They won 3-1, to one, so Tolima has quite a hill to climb. When they played earlier in the regular season, uh, Tolima did actually win 0-1 on the road. By the way, you can catch this if your uh, satellite package runs deeply enough. It might be something to hear in the States anyway. you got to find online at best. 8 o'clock Eastern time on Nuestra Tele Internacional. Now, Talima, your host, uh, that is not the name of the city, by the way. That is the name of the department, or essentially state within the country. Uh, the city out of which they play is uh, Ibagué. It's in the west central part of the country, right in the Andes. In fact, there's a really, really important mountain close by, Cerro uh, Machin. Uh, it's been rumbling for about 800 years. And i uh, not saying that uh, it blowing up is imminent, but I was uh, thankful to read that despite the proximity of the mountain to the city, they might get quite a show. Uh, they're basically you know, surrounded by mountains and they're on the, like the edge of a plateau or something. The city itself won't be threatened should it blow. Uh, by the way, this team is still alive in the current Copa Libertadores, the South American Champions League. Uh, they're getting re- ready to play Flamengo out of Brazil in the round of 16. Congratulations to them on the fine Run Uh, way back in 1982 was when they had their best finish in that tournament. They made the semifinal domestically. They've won the league title three times. Last time was last year's Apertura stage. The last stage they got to play last year's Klausura stage. They made it all the way to the final before losing Uh, this year in league play. They've got the second best offense going, scoring almost one and a half. Per match, they've got a top two defense. And then uh, that's good for the number one overall gold differential. They are your favorites, particularly at home. Although, with a two goal deficit, could they win? Yes. Will they make all that up? We shall see. Uh, in the regular season, they finished two behind uh, one of the uh, historical powerhouses, uh, Millenarios. In the group stage after the regular season, in Group B, they won it by uh, beating Independiente Medellin by two points with a 4-1-1 record. The best player that they've got going, I believe, is Anderson Platzi. He plays right winger for him, had four goals on the regular season. He's actually here on loan from a Brazilian team, and not one of the stronger ones, though, uh, Atletico uh, Paranaense, and he is the team's leading scorer. And now, looking to try to hang on to that lead they've built, Atletico, Nasi, and all. They play out of the aforementioned city of Medellin, which is the second biggest one in the country after the capital of Bogota. Northwest central kind of part of the country. Uh, metro of about two and a half million people. Interesting nickname. They're named after a local plant. They're called the Purslanes. Kind of cool. They've got 16 league titles to their credit. It's been a little bit since they've won one, the Apertura stage of 2017. But they have won the Copa Libertadores title twice, most recently 2016. Uh, This year in the Copa Libertadores, they lost in the second qualifying round to uh, Paraguayan Power Olympia. Uh, I, I was familiar with this team, but not this familiar. In 2016, uh, the international body, IFFHS, rated them as the single best club, not just in South America, in the entire world. Just stunning for a team outside of Brazil or Argentina in South America to get that. This year in league play, uh, their offense was okay. It was top five. Their defense was much better. They had a top three defense going. Uh, they finished four points behind Talima, and then in the group stage that they won, they beat a team called Junior by four points. They went undefeated. They're the hot team three three and zero on the on the uh, scoring leaderboard. Top ten in the league, Jefferson. Duque, forward, 35-year-old veteran, a uh, yes-league MX fans. This is the same guy. Spent four years with Atlas, was loaned out about half the times, uh, but I know that he made 50 appearances for that particular team. Match number eight. There's another trophy on the line on Sunday, a little bit closer to home, from the Primera División of Costa Rica. We're going to take a look at the Clausura final. This is uh, leg two of the home and away two-legged tie between the finalists. By the way, this league is, uh, most think of this as probably the fourth uh, best league in all of CONCACAF right now. They've uh, really been getting a fight from Honduras in that regard. Now, the first leg of this two-legged tie slated and played on Friday, which means that uh, we don't know the result at the time that we're recording this, but we are talking about the second leg for this particular date. The matchup for the second leg is going to be number three for the regular season, uh, uh taking on number one, Alajuelense, your traditional power. And that's all you're going to get to learn about this for right now. You're going to have to look up the rest on your own, because we are going to do what we so often do, near the end of the podcast, and that's take a break from our game tracking, to learn a little bit of something that is not about soccer. We use the sport as an excuse to learn about the rest of the world. And something I had been doing a little bit of reading on was the Basilica of Our Lady of Angels, Basilica de Nuestra Señora, De Los Angeles, if my Spanish is good. Those are the same thing, of course. Uh, This is basically the national church in all of Costa Rica. Uh, Papally speaking, overall in the world, it's only considered or designated a minor basilica, and yet the principal church of the country. Uh, Basically what it's built around is a small representation of the Virgin Mary Carrying the infant Jesus A little statue And it's said to have been discovered By a peasant girl long ago In Cartago Now tradition claims that the little girl Found the small statue on a rock And then she took it to her house Uh, The next day the statue was no longer there But it hadn't been stolen It was back where she had found it On that rock So she picked it up again And she took it to a priest at a church That was being built And he locked it away And yet, the next morning, the statue was gone once again and back on the rock where the little girl had originally found it. Pretty amazing, if true. Now, during the construction of this church, it was actually destroyed uh, by several earthquakes. It happened so many times, in fact, that uh, the people finally decided to move the location where they were building the church to the site where the statue was being repeatedly found. And then and there, they were able to finish the construction. As you would imagine, a lot of people there think that the earthquakes were a sign uh, that the Lady of Los Angeles wanted the Basilica to be built there, which I just think is a very, very neat tradition. Um, Another one that goes along with this is that uh, in addition to uh, other things that would be brought in when people stop in to pray during pilgrimage time in early August, I believe August 2nd every year is the official date, uh, for the patron uh, for the patron saint for this church is people will bring in small silver medals and leave them behind and the medals are shaped like body parts, and they are uh, that represents a part of the body that each particular individual that left it is concerned about. Uh, they leave them right in front of the statue, which is also called La Negrita, in the hope that whatever ailment they have that affects that particular body part will be cured. Um, After a time, these metals get collected and then stored away elsewhere in the church. Some of them you can see in a museum that they keep right there on the same site alongside the church. And by the way, one last thing, if you Google up pictures of this particular church, it is just gorgeous, as are so many churches. But this particular one I found fascinating because uh, I don't know a lot about architecture, but I did read that it is really uh, sort of a perfect example of colonial architecture architecture meeting some of the older traditions from Byzantine architecture. You can imagine what a colonial church or a colonial house would look like and some of the features getting used from that. But if you look at pictures of this, of this particular church, you'll see one particularly large high dome, and there might be some smaller ones behind that. And that gives you a very high light inside, and it's very beautiful. And then all around the front view of You can see, I believe it was eight different rounded arches, and that is very much not colonial. Uh, that is from the Byzantine architectural area. So while you didn't necessarily come here for a lesson about uh, anything uh, Catholic or architecturally related, you now know more than you did before, not just about soccer, but about something else fun and interesting in the world. Match number nine one last Sunday match and we're going to head off to our second French overseas territory of the podcast, but this time not in the Caribbean. We're headed to the island of Réunion, the Premier League Uh, Réunion's out in the Indian Ocean, a little ways east of Madagascar, give you some geographical perspective there. Uh, Because they're a French overseas territory, they are not a FIFA member. They are associate members of of the African uh, Confederation I'm not sure exactly what that entails Because they do get to send a team to the Champions League I believe that they automatically have to start in the qualifying round And they're about halfway through the season here Your matchup is current second place San pierre wa versus number one St. Denis They are tied on points Saint Dennis though have a seven goal differential lead and they have a match in hand against Saint Pirois and the team that they both lead by one point in the table, the as far as I'm concerned grotesquely named La Tamponnaise. Yeah, we don't really don't run blue in the show and I don't want to start now. I just think that that's the worst named club in the entire world. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the teams. Uh, Saint Pierre, I think I'm getting that right with the O I S E suffix, but they play out of the town of Saint Pierre, which is uh, also the uh, name of the com the commune that they're in. It's the third largest one in the country. It's in the southwest portion. has maybe ninety thousand people, and. Uh, Something really interesting about it, they've got a lot of pleasure boats that go there. It's something of a tourist destination. All the commercial stuff uh, moved to a city appropriately known as La Porte uh, in a different part of the island. But uh, because it's something of a tourist destination, you might be surprised to find that they don't have a single major hotel there. But I think that's a good thing, because if you go there, and I would love to someday, you get to stay in what I think of as bed and breakfasts on steroids. They're these old converted Creole houses and mansions that people get to stay in. By the way, something interesting, uh, all these French territories we've been uh, Uh, Talking about throughout various episodes, the ones that are in the south in this particular area are called the French Southern and Antarctic Lands collectively. And Saint-Pierre is considered the capital of them, even though it is not actually considered the capital city of this particular island nation itself. Footy-wise, they play in a place that holds about uh, seats, about eight thousand. Holds twelve thousand. Stade Michel vonnet Uh, They are one of your traditional powers. Twenty-one league titles. Last four that they won were two thousand fifteen through nineteen. They've been to the Champions League twice and even made the second round once. Uh, Also, as a French overseas territory, they do, uh, just like teams in Martinique, have the chance to compete, uh, fight their way into the Coupe de France. In 2019-20, this team managed to make it all the way to play one of the mainland teams in the round of 32 before they lost. Last year, domestically, they finished in second place in their group of eight. This year, the offense is a little bit better than average, ordinarily ranked anyway. They score over two Goals per game so that's pretty good But they've only allowed 3 goals in 10 Matches and that is the best defense On the island. Teams current form They are unbeaten in their last 7 But a little bit of a crack in the armor They have only managed draws in their last 2 And now St. Denis Which is the capital of the island So you've got the 2 capital Maybe they call it the capital derby there Whatever that would be in French and if not they should And uh, maybe if that goes on T-shirts team Noob should get a cut Yeah, interesting thought. Anyway, it's on the very northernmost point of the island. It's always been an agricultural area right outside the city. Uh, But more recently, it's become known in recent decades as the digital hub of this entire uh, uh, region in the Indian Ocean. A lot of the other island nations uh, depend on the undersea's cables that emanate from this particular island for their Internet. Kind of cool. Footy-wise, five league titles, although the last one they won quite a while ago, 1996. Last year, they finished in second place in their particular group, just like their opponents today did. This year, they have they are the ones that have the best offense in the league, scoring just over three goals per match, and they've got just about the same level of defense. Uh, to boot as well. I like St. Dennis's chances of getting a result here at the very least. Their current form, uh, two matches ago, uh, they lost to a pretty good team on the island called Excelsior, and that is the only time that they have dropped points on the entire season.
1: And match number 10, we're done. Finally!
2: After all that weekend football and tracking, you deserve a couple of days off. The last of our 10 shiny matches before we get into the super fun bonus matches is one on Wednesday and we close things out here at home. Once again, it's our own FA cup, the United States open cup where the winner will get to go to the next CONCACAF champions league. This quarterfinal is going to feature Orlando playing host to Nashville. Uh, the recent series between these two, Nashville, have had the slight edge, accruing a 2-4-1 and one record. The winner is going to get New York Red Bulls in the semifinals. You can catch this clash on ESPN Plus, 7 o'clock Eastern time here stateside. Orlando, built on a swamp, we hate that, and known as the Lions, hence the reason they're our second least favorite team in the entire world, probably next to anybody with the name Hotspur in the name. (laughs) 2019, uh, they made the USOC semifinal, best they've ever done. Currently in league play, they are number four in the East. In this event, they advanced to the quarterfinals with a win over Intra Miami. They had to do it in penalty kicks after they went 120 for a 1-1 draw. Uh, This year in league play, it's kind of surprising that they're as high in the table as they are, in my opinion. Uh, They've got a below-average offense. They're only getting one and a quarter goals per match on average. Uh, Defense is a couple notches better, but average at best, really. Goal differential is only number eight overall. This is a team that I think is going to have a hard time making the playoffs in league. So I guess it's good for them that they're having a nice run here in the Open Cup. Key players to look for. Tied for number one in the Major League Soccer assists with eight so far is Mauricio Pereira from Paraguay, 32-year-old veteran attacking midfielder who spent six years with Krasnodar, Over in Russia before coming here in 2019. And then their real star, in my opinion, uh, tied for second best right now in. The division in clean sheets, or in the whole league, I should say, actually, is uh, Pedro Galesi from Peru, 32 years old. Uh, He's been a bit of a journeyman. Longest stretch he had was with Veracruz in Liga MX. Team's current form, they're 1-1-1 in their last three, and the goal differential is starting to lose its luster a little bit. They only scored four, but gave up five. And now Nashville, a team that was founded just four years ago. This is their first U.S. Open Cup appearance because of the pandemic. They didn't have it for a couple of years. Currently in the Western Division, yes, even though they're Nashville, they play in the West in Major League Soccer. They are in sixth place. They advanced to this quarterfinal with a 1-2 road win over a very good Division II side in Louisville City. Uh, their stats kind of back up where they are. They're very much on par with Orlando, more or less. Uh, Top eight offense. Defense is a little bit better. Tied for sixth overall in goal differential. I think they're a little bit better, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to overcome uh, Orlando there in the swamp-built city. Best player that they have on their roster, most would agree, I think is Haney Mukhtar, their German center forward. Although center forward is the position he plays the most, He'll play striker. He'll play. Uh, he'll play any number of positions as long as they're in the center of the field. Uh, he's got six goals and three assists on the league year. Uh, for two years, he played for Bronby over in Denmark and had almost a hundred appearances. That's probably the best league, uh, the best club he ever spent a long time with. He also did some time with Hertha Berlin in the Bundesliga early in his career, Germany. Uh, He is a volume and accurate shooter, and is just so fun to watch. Everybody's going to be trying to feed him the ball when they're in that third of the field. Team's current form, well, they just lost one to two to Sporting Kansas City, which has been having a weak year themselves, uh, and that broke a five-match unbeaten streak. Uh, What offense they have had, they need to find again they've been slipping a bit in that regard the last couple of weeks bring forth the bonus matches this is perhaps the best part of the show because you have had a chance to have a say in the content how well you can find me on twitter and try it for next week at the beginning of every week under soccer noob usa i put up polls with the candidate matches For each of these very unique mini-previews, explanations coming shortly. The first one is one that we dramatically call the... Route, route,
1: route, route. Of, 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 of. The week, 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 week.
2: And as you could probably guess, round of the week means it's going to be the best team from some top light league versus the worst, no matter who is hosting. It looks like it is going to be a blowout. And the one that was voted upon this last week by you, the listener was a Sunday match from South Korea's K league one, which by the way is the number three ranked league in all of the AFC on the top end of the spectrum. The top two teams will get to go to the champions league group stage third place qualifying finisher will get to go to the playoff round one step shy of the CL group stage on the other end of things the last place team will get relegated the next two will have to fight for their lives in relegation playoff matches at the end of the season they're about halfway through this year's league season and your matchup is number one Ulsan Hyundai taking on number 12 and last place Songnam FC Here's how the table looks. Usan currently lead uh, Jean Buc by eight. They're really starting to run away with things. Meanwhile, song Nam on the other end of things, they trail number 11, uh, Gangwon by four points. So they've still got some hope, but they've got uh, to have a fairly big second half to have any uh, chance of Uh, Of getting all the way out of the relegation zone It's a little more realistic to think that they can still fight for an RPO spot The series between these two you might be surprised to learn in recent seasons Is dead even Uh, They've each accrued a 12-3 and 12 record against one another Very few draws Uh, When they played earlier this season uh, Olsan won on the road 0-2 And we will talk about the league leaders first They are The Tigers Olson, uh, by the way, is just the eighth biggest metro in the area, about $1.1 million. It's in the southeast part of the country, but it's a name you probably know well because this is where the biggest shipyard and car plants in the world are. They've also got the third biggest refinery. I can't remember if it's in the world or in Asia. But in a nutshell, this is the country's industrial engine, uh, pun quite intended. Footy-wise, last year, uh, they finished in second place. They've only won the league title twice, and the last time was 2005, but they've been runners-up the last three straight years. And don't be fooled by that that, uh, uh, perhaps modest-looking amount of domestic success. This is not a team to be trifled with. They've won the Champions League twice in Asia, 2012 and then again in 2020. Uh, In the 2022 iteration, uh, they only finished third in the group stage, and so they did not get to advance out to the knockout round. This year in league play, they've got the two, top two offense and defense running. Uh, good for the overall number one goal differential. It is no doubt that they are the best team in this league, and why not? They've got the number four scorer in the league with eight, and that is Yume Wan Sang. He is a winger, 23 years old. He's even made uh, five national team appearances already. started playing for them when he was uh, 19, I believe. Uh, by the way, he's also tied for number three on assists. So if Sangnam have any chance trying to stop this team. They have got to stop Won Sang, and that's just all there is to it. But I think they're going to find it very hard to do. I will say one thing, though. We always, with the route of the week, try to find something that the team that's in last place can hang their hat on. Now, Ulsan uh, uh, is 2-1 and one in their last three, but they haven't had a clean sheet in any of those matches. So it's uh, safe to say the Sangnam's going to be looking to get on the board, and I think they can get at least one goal. The question is... Will that be anywhere near enough? By the way, uh, Songnam is the uh, 10th biggest city in the country, Uh, right about a million people in the greater area. Uh, Essentially, it's part of the greater Seoul area. They consider it a satellite city, and it's mostly residential. Now, this club was founded in 1989, really interesting history, as Ilhua Chunma Football Club. But it was bought by city government in 2014, and the name was changed to what it is today. Uh, going back in history for them, the club was uh, founded by the founder of the Unification Church. Yeah, the Moonies, you might know them better by if you're a history buff. Sung uh, Sun Young Moon was the guy in charge. But when he died, uh, 2013, maybe early 2014, the board almost immediately uh, sold it off as far as the the Unification Church Board. They got rid of it immediately. Uh, They did okay for a couple of years, but then starting in 2019, they've really been nothing but bad. And it's too bad because they've got quite a good history. IFFHS rated them as the fifth best Asian club in the entire 20th, century. Very impressive. Uh, Seven league titles. Why not? They won those between 1993 and 2006. They've even won the Champions League title twice, Uh, most recently 2010. And yet here they are looking like they might get relegated. Uh, They haven't made any uh, Champions League appearances since 2015 when they made the round of 16. It's no wonder they're having such a tough year. It's not a fluke. They're tied for having the worst offense in the league. They're not even managing a goal per match. Uh, They've got the worst defense going. Uh, They give up over one and a half goals per match. Uh, The one player that they're really going to be leaning on is their team scoring leader. He's got just three, but they're taking what they can get. That is uh, Faisal Mulech from Serbia, center forward. Uh, Very much a European journeyman. Best club he played for was Probably taking a look uh, at Hapoel Tel Aviv, quite frankly. Uh, team's current form, well, uh, they managed 1 1 draws in both of their last two matches. So, you know, they've been dropping points, but not dropping games entirely. And more to their credit, they actually haven't lost a single game since early April by more than one goal. Now, yes, there's a lot of losses in there, but like I said, we're looking for a uh, little glimmers of hope we might have and the fact that they can keep games close well that's one of those could you be the the most meaningless meaningless match match in the world yes Yes, you could could. you're so boring (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's time to kick back relax give a little bit of our attention to two teams well, maybe they just deserve it, even though they're more or less in the middle of their league. The most meaningless match in the world. It can be a blessing to us all, maybe. You have voted for a Monday match out of Maldives the Divihi Premier League, which is ranked just number 32 out of the 47 AFC-ranked leagues. In fact, the winner doesn't even get to go to the Champions League. They go to a secondary tournament called the AFC Cup. Neither of these teams are going to have to worry about it. And this league doesn't even have relegations, so... Nice and relaxed. This is the last match of their double round robin, 14 match seasons. Pretty small league. By the way, this country, if you're not familiar, is 700 miles from the Asian mainland, kind of southwest of uh, India, essentially. It's also incredibly geographically dispersed. Uh, The country is made up of uh, 26 different atolls, and they are spread way out in terms of uh, square miles. Uh, It's the smallest country if you add up all the land geographically in all of Asia and has the second smallest population. Teams we're going to learn just a little bit about, you voted for, number five, Valencia taking on now, number three, United Victory. They've moved up one spot since I last looked at it but they're still not going anywhere. Uh, United Victory, they lead Valencia by four, but they trail the number one team, uh, Mazaya or Mazia, by 16 points. Mathematically, they can't catch up, not by a long shot. Uh, meanwhile, Valencia lead last place, number eight, Da Grande, by 15 uh, when these two played earlier in the season, uh, Valencia got a 2-1 win, and we will talk about them first. They play out of the capital city of Malay and are known as the Sunrisers, one of the cooler nicknames I've ever run across. Uh, to be honest, I'm unsure why the club is named Valencia, uh, but all three of the names that were suggested back when the club was first founded had that name in it. I don't know if it's a reference to the Spanish club or something else entirely. Now, this team, is uh, it was, the information I found was a little unclear. They've either won four or five league titles. most recent one was back in 2005. They've been to the Champions League one time in Asia. That was back in uh, 2002, 2003. They've been to the Asian Cup, of course, uh, more times since that's now where the winners of this league go. They've made three group stage appearances there. 2009 was the most recent. No, I'm sorry, 2017 was the most recent, and then they fell out in the premier round. I can't remember how far they got in 2009, but that was the best year they had. I promise you it wasn't all that far. Last year in league play, they finished in second place. This year, uh, their defense is uh, pretty near the bottom, to be perfectly honest. They barely get one goal per match. Uh, Their defense... I don't know how they're even in a most meaningless match. This more looks more like a match of disappointed, quite frankly. They give up over two and a half goals per game. Um and they've only the reason that they're up in the standings at all is because they really go for wins. They've got a lot a lot of wins, a lot of losses both, but they've only had one draw. The teams current form, they are 1-0 and 4 in their last five. And that streak started with a 13-0 loss to that number one team I mentioned, uh, Mazaya. And now United Victory, they were founded 48 years ago, but they just made the top flight for the first time after the 2015 season. Uh, they also play out of that capital city of Malay. Last year they finished in last place, but again, no relegation, so here they are again. Uh, statistically. Uh, they've got a uh, slightly above average offense, get about a goal and a half per game. Uh, defense is right on par with that. Uh, their form, uh, they've been climbing a little bit, as I mentioned. They've already moved from fourth to third recently. Uh, in their last four, they have gone 3-0-1 and that one loss. Uh, not quite as bad as the one we mentioned for Valencia, but they uh, took a pounding as well at Mazaya, 7-1. And now, as is usual, we will not be ending the show on notes of happiness or joy, but rather with consternation, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Welcome, heathens, to the match of... Disappointed! And it is a match between the two bottom teams from some league that you have picked, and it's not a top-flight league in this case. You selected a Thursday match from Canada but not the Canadian Premier League their division 1 league in the country oh no this is a division 3 league it's a only considered semi-professional one of now three leagues at that level in Canada league 1 Ontario they have 22 clubs currently it's a huge one so you've got to be Extra terrible to be at the very bottom of it, quite frankly. Um, In 2024, by the way, and I just learned this, even though I've looked at this league before, they actually have a plan in place to go to three divisions, and they're going to institute promotion relegation between them. As things stand right now in the 22-team version, the top six teams will go to the playoffs. The top two will get to go straight to the semifinals. And these two egg-sucking teams are not going to catch a sniff of any of that. Winner, by the way, does also get to go to the Canadian Championship, which is their FA Cup. They're about halfway through the first round robin season here. So these two teams still have time to correct themselves and do what they should to get out of their positions. We're talking about number 22 last place, Masters Football Academy, playing host to number 21, Windsor TFC. Uh, Windsor currently lead uh, Masters by two, and they trail number 20 FC London, uh, not on points, but only on goal differential. So like I said, things are tight enough at the bottom that these two teams have hope, should they choose to cling for it instead of just giving up their lives, essentially. Masters, uh, they play out of the uh, town of Scarborough in the far east of the greater Ontario area. Uh, This is a very popular immigrant destination. It's one of the most uh, diverse areas of all of Canada, and that's really saying something. Also, the Toronto Zoo is over there, so diversity in animals. Very cool. The team, by the way, is known as the Saints. Uh, I like their crest. It's very aggressive. There's a soccer ball in it, but it looks like it's burst, like it's been kicked through a traditional uh, shield as if it were made out of paper. I just kind of enjoyed it. Uh where they play is uh called La Amaro Park. Not sure of the capacity though, but I liked the name. 2019 they won this league, uh the playoffs. That was after finishing in fourth place of the regular season. They got to play in the 2021 uh Canadian Championship the year before, I think because of COVID, uh they weren't able to, but uh when they got to play in it finally, they lost to York United. Uh, of the Canadian Premier League 5-0 Wasn't particularly close Last year they finished second place In the Eastern group uh, They uh, had broken up in divisions Whereas now it's all just one big long thing and They made it all the way to the playoff semifinals What happened to this team? This year they're only 1-3-6 and six. Yuck uh, They are tied uh, for uh, 12th in offense uh, They get about 1.5 goals a game So that's not bad the defense is definitely their bugaboo. They give up just over three goals per match, and that means they have tied for the worst overall goal differential. They are playing defense like a sieve. Form in their last oh2 and one, with a, uh, a somewhat promising six and five goal differential. They got to look for any hope where they can find it. And now Windsor TFC. Uh, Windsor, uh, you're probably familiar, but it's in the southwest part of Toronto, right across from uh, Detroit. Uh, They are known as the Stars. In fact, the official name of the club, I believe, used to be the Border Stars. Uh, They joined this league in 2014 after the Canadian, uh, I can't remember what it stands for now, the CLS. Maybe it was CSL, Canadian Soccer League, was desanctioned. that lunged. That league still exists, but it is not an official league within the country, if you will. Uh, They became, if you were wondering about the TFC earlier, it's not a coincidence, yes, they are a satellite club of Toronto FC, of Major League Soccer. They became such in 2016. Uh, Last year, they finished in eighth place in the Western Conference, didn't quite make the playoffs This year, their offense, uh, well, it's better than their defense. That's the best you can say about it. They're number 15 in the league in that regard. But they're basically second to last in defense and goal differential. And they have lost two straight matches. And rather than wishing our neighbors to the north good luck in this match and for the remainder of the season, we shall instead waggle our fingers at them and shoo them away in our usual fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was I'm away. Hey, boo. boo. I hop because
0: the only thing you hate more than good food is yourself.
2: And believe it or not, yeah, that's how we end it. <laughs> this has been episode 89 of Soccer New Rocket America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much, as always, to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to Dan, the former Interno inferno, his creative efforts and inspiration are always on fire and appreciated. And of course, to my daughter person who, thank you very much as always for helping with the countdown duties, a little bit of cross chat this week, lots of fun. People like hearing from you. Also, thank you very much to voice over Brian for his additions to the show this particular week. And I, guest IHOP for sponsoring us. You know, I haven't seen a check from that yet. I have a feeling that I'm not going to either. Anyway, I still hope that was fun. So until we can do it again in a few days, I hope you have yourselves a fabulous footy week. Take care.